We celebrate the Epiphany today. It's kind of an otherworldly, exotic experience of the Magi coming from the East. But the word Epiphany means intense appearance. Intense appearance. So I, I was thinking, as reflecting, preparing for today, I remember growing up, one of my favorite memories was watching Monday Night Football with my dad at 410 West Main Street, Sublimity, Oregon. And it rains a lot in Oregon, so Monday Night Football usually happens when it's cloudy and foggy and misty and rainy and gray in Oregon and dark. And we had a wood stove, so I remember that heated up the room real well. But it was a really special time just to be with Dad watching Monday Night Football. Howard Cosell, if you remember Howard Cosell. And so I, I remember all of that. I was remembering that as I was kind of not really locked in, but had the TV on this last Monday night when uh, watching Monday Night Football. And when the Bills, uh, DeMar Hamlin, uh, was hit in the chest, and then he was set in a cardiac arrest, and it was life or death. And uh, that was uh, quite a, a startling thing. And I'd like to propose to you that that was quite an epiphany for all who have heard about it or have looked in. I'm sure most of us have heard about it by now. Uh, thank God he's doing, do, doing better now. But, but what a witness. So he was playing uh, for the Bills. He got hit, hit by a Cincinnati Bengals defender, and he went down. And uh, the first responder team came in and resurrected him, his heartbeat, while millions held their breath. Grown men took their helmets off. And maybe we can make that like, maybe that was their crown. And they're taking their crowns off. Because to wear an NFL football helmet, you had to give your life to it. And it's, had to, it's, it's a crown, if not the crown in your life, depending on how you look at it. So they took off their helmets, dropped to their knees, beseeching God to intervene on, on his behalf. This beautiful story about the, the Bengals visiting the Bills locker room, showing compassion to DeMar's teammates after the game. No longer opponents. Downtown Cincinnati, and the stadium lit up all night in blues, our bills blue, reminding people to pray for him. Hundreds of people, hundreds of Bengals and Bills fans praying together at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center for DeMar. And I think at this point, he had hoped to raise like $2,500 for his charity. I think it's over 8.5 million. How beautiful is that? The gifts coming in, doing whatever we can to be there for our brother DeMar. Top selling jersey across all major sports right now. And very powerful. On ESPN, the anchors actually bowed their heads and prayed aloud on worldwide TV for his complete healing. In a place where prayer is not allowed and looked down at and scorned and cast off to the side in the TV, the public network, prayer and that praying for his complete healing and how beautiful that was. And maybe this is the first time these guys give a claim to great athletes and their abilities but, and bow down before them for that. But now they were bowed down with their bodies and souls for this brother of ours. Again, I'd like to say this is a real epiphany for us, pointing to the epiphany that we celebrate in the church today. The epiphany, an intense appearance, 
And not just getting our attention, but revealing something of enormous significance. Ultimately, speaking of God. Damar's story, I think, can be brought down into one word, and that's worship. Just as the wise men come before the new baby king this morning, as we celebrate in the church, worship. Worship comes from the English worth. Worth. Is it worth it? Is it worth it what you're putting all your time and energy and effort into? Is it worth it? Is it is giving us the return that we are seeking in our souls? Sports, money, fame, pleasure, all of this. But this intense experience that we've had this week of enormous significance for all the world to see, pointing for our need of a Savior. Laying down the helmets, left and right. And it just seems so right, doesn't it? It just seems so God, what we're doing and coming back. Laying down the crown, the power, the money, the fame, the pleasure, the greed, bodies bowed, humble and helpless, praying for this one precious life. When he went down on the field, you notice the teams, they encircled him. They encircled this one precious life just like the Magi did for this precious life that were given to us in the church today. What were they doing? They were acting like the Magi. The Magi came from at least 400 miles. It could have been many more from Babylon, from the east. It would have been weeks and even months to do that. Imagine if we would do that for Mass. Weeks and months just to, to be with our Savior and to receive him into our body and blood. The religious leaders right down the street in Jerusalem, they didn't show up eight miles away from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. How often does that happen in my life? Not even showing up when it's right there a couple minutes away. But not only did they show up, they gave them their best. And in the, the gifts was the gift of, I'm going to give you my life. I'll give you my very best. I'll give you all that I have. When the Lord moves us, we have to move with the movement. When the Lord moves you, you have to move with the movement. How many times do we say, no, that doesn't make sense, or that would be too much, or it could be embarrassing, or it's going to cost me too much personally, what the Lord's asking us to do. And then we just look at the life of the newborn baby king and how moved he was for us. So here you have the Magi come from afar, giving their very finest to the Lord. And then you have the religious leaders in Jerusalem not budging an inch. And then we have Herod, the tyrant, who wanted to stamp out the newborn king who threatened to take away his tyrannical power. Where is this child to be born? I too want to give him homage. Didn't want to give him homage? We know. Wanted to kill him. Wanted to stamp him out like he snuffed out his family and anybody else who was a threat to his power. He was afraid of Jesus and responded with violence. How many times can we be afraid with Jesus? And maybe not outright violence, but say a deep, quiet no. And is that not just as violent as responding with violence? Not to have his life in our life lifting us up. 
I'd like to propose to you that Herod was afraid to worship. He was afraid to have Jesus and give his life to Jesus and what that might mean to give up all his kingship. The Magi, in contrast, were captivated by Jesus and responded with worship. Pope Benedict XVI, who we mourn his loss last couple weeks, in his opening homily at the beginning of his pontificate, he quoted John Paul the Great. They were best friends, by the way, Benedict and John Paul. And he quoted him, and John Paul started out his pontificate, we know the famous words, do not be afraid. Open wide the doors to Christ. Do not be afraid. Open wide the doors to Christ. And then Benedict goes on in his opening homily to say this, are we not perhaps afraid in some way? If we let Christ fully enter in our lives, are we not afraid that he might take something away from us? Are we not perhaps afraid to give up something significant, something unique, something that makes life so beautiful? That's what I struggled with when I was deciding to become a priest. Am I giving up all this and am I going to lose something special, something beautiful, something significant? Do we not risk ending up diminished and deprived of our freedom? No. If we let Christ into our lives, we lose nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing of what makes life free, beautiful, and great. No. Only in this friendship are the doors of life opened wide. Only in this friendship is the great potential of human existence truly revealed. Only, only in this friendship do we experience beauty and liberation. Addressing the youth, dear young people, do not be afraid of Christ. He takes nothing away. He gives you everything. When we give ourselves to him, we receive a hundredfold in return. Yes, open, open wide the doors to Christ, and you will find true life. I can only say that 100% with my life and giving my life to Jesus in the priesthood. And I am so forever grateful to be with you here sharing that this day. Reflecting on Damar in the life and death situations, in life and death situations, only one life matters. The epiphany of the newborn baby king. What did all the people around want for Damar? They just wanted life for him, and they gave, gave whatever they could give. They lost all self-interest, laid down their crown, their helmet, bowed down in desperation, and they cried out for life, helpless and humble a great place to live out your Christianity the rest of the days of your life. But we've got to move with the movement of God. Finally, the Magi returned home by another route. Why? <laughs> Once you experience Christ, you can never go back the same way you came. They were still Babylonians but they became citizens of a higher country. I pray you never go back the same way after this Mass as you came to it. 
That's my prayer for us all. Amen.